The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is October 10th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it's great to be with you. Well, I appreciate that, Bill. You know, last week we had Monica, one of the founding members and CEO for Operation Troop Appreciation, which, by the way, is a very good organization. Their mission is to build and sustain the morale and well-being of the military communities, past and present, with the assurance that the American public supports and appreciates their selfless service and daily sacrifices. To learn more, you can listen to the last week's archive show. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and you'll see the shows listed. Now, Bill, we have a situation here. You, have, you do our news articles for us, and, and you have some news about the chief of the VA stepping down. What's going on? Well, uh, Gary, more specifically, uh, the acting undersecretary for health there, three of those, uh, one for benefits, health, and the uh, cemetery program, but this is Dr. Punan Ale has announced her resignation uh, effective immediately for uh, family uh, reasons. Uh, You know, those top-level positions in the Department of Veterans Affairs are so critical, and uh, none of them are permanent right now, any uh, uh, permanent uh, uh, announcement. So we've got all actors in there, and uh, the VA has announced that uh, uh, Dr. Carolyn Clancy will assume the uh, position uh, in an interim role. So, uh, you know, those positions need to be filled, Gary, so we can move on to service for our veterans across the country. That's right. You put in your application, Bill? <laughs> uh, 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 I don't think so, Gary. <laughs> Good thought, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Bill, you have the honor of introducing our guest today. We're going to, uh, you know, we have a very important guest, and we want you to listen to this program. It's, it's, um, uh, it will help out if you if you run an organization, um, if you're a veteran, whatever. This program works, and uh, we're going to have two shows. By the way, the other show in, in probably about two weeks, uh, if that's okay with our guest, and uh, to tell more about it and, and give you a better explanation. Because right now we're going to sort of cut it short and tell you the basics of it and entice you 
<laughs> okay. And believe me, it's an enticing program. So go ahead, Bill. Well, Gary, indeed, it is an honor to uh, announce our, our guest this morning. He's John Jerome, President and Chief Executive Officer of Heroes Care. Now, HEROES is an acronym for Homefront Enabling Relationships, Opportunities, and Empowerment Through Support, HEROES Care. Now, John has been affiliated with the charity since 2004. John served as a volunteer and then director of development before taking on the responsibility of president and Chief Executive Officer in January of 2007. Under John's leadership, Heroes Care has provided more than $35 million in material and financial aid to military members and their families. Shortly after taking on his current role, John began the process of working with the leadership of other charitable entities to develop a framework of holistic care that became the unprecedented and effective Heroes Care Hometown Support Program. John is a lifelong resident of the St. Louis area. His honors include the Governor's Conspicuous Service Medal, the Department of Army Civilian Service Award, the National Guard Minuteman Award, the Bank of America Local Hero Award, and again, the National Guard Outstanding Center for Influence Award and the Challenge Coin of the Secretary of Defense. John Jerome, welcome to the American Well, Heroes thank Network. you to the show, Gary and Bill. Welcome. I look forward to spending the hour with you and telling you about what we do. All right. Great. Well, that, that's a start, John. And again, how did uh, I know you're aware of how the organization and why? What was their main purpose when they first um, um, put the organization together? Well, in in our initial inception, everything was um, based around emergencies during a deployment. Um, we were dealing with the families in Missouri, Illinois, in our general area. The majority of the people that were deploying were our guard and reserve. And as you know, those those forces were never designed to be frontline, constantly deploying uh, a force in a war. But we had to draw that that Missouri guard, Illinois guard, these these folks into a almost every year rotation. And what we were encountering were the family problems. Uh, the home uh-huh. front issues is what we were, were calling them. And even studies from the folks that were in, in deployment said 90% of their worries uh, were what was going on back home. So our primary mission was if the car broke down or if the roof was leaking, uh, the plumbing was backing up, if anything was happening back home, the spouse would call us. And then we would get it fixed. We would network the, our community resources to have a plumber go in, check it out, fix it. If they couldn't afford it, we would write the check. We'd make it good so the service member didn't have that worry on his mind while he was fighting. No. Well, how did you, how did you get that, uh, uh, that person to, I mean, was there a community involvement? 
Yeah, we, we were networking in with uh, the Missouri Guard, the Reserve, the, the active components, and letting them know that we were there. And then it, if you've ever spoke with somebody who you know, in a community that said, hey, I, I want to do something for the military, but I don't know how, and I, I don't have that capacity to reach out to them. Well, we were the intermediary. Uh, the military can't directly involve themselves with businesses or take donations or things of that nature, whereas the charity, we could. And in part, those needs and, and what was given to us to support those families. Um, a lot of times in a, in a guard situation, um, the, the guardsmen will be called up and they'll take a 20 or 30% pay cut in order to go to combat. Well, how do we make up that? We can't supplement his income, but the resources that we were provided, whether it be furniture, whether it's diapers, whether it's, you know, whatever those needs were, we were able to get them donated and then provide those to the families. In the emergency situations, you know, all it would take is one phone call. I would call a business and say, hey, I've got a roof leaking of a veteran that's deployed. Can you help us out? And 80, 90% of the time, the the contractor would say, look, you pay for the materials, my guys will put it in. It's our part of the war effort. We want to be part. We want to say thank you to these folks that are doing what we don't do. And it became a uh, ever-increasing network of not only charities but businesses and uh, employers. And they were asking questions about what do we do when our guardsmen's gone. And it became where... We were a center of influence or a center of, of just being able to answer questions that people had about you know the deploying guard and reserve and any active component military wise. Mm-hmm. That sounds like you have a lot of people on staff, or is this uh, uh, done with volunteers? Uh, well, our staff has grown since two thousand and four. We now have four full time employees. Four. Uh, everything for four full time employees that the direct <laughs> traffic, and the rest is done with volunteers. Uh, we have over 3,000 volunteers in our network that come in, you know, on a, a daily basis and some just, you know, once a month. But uh, everybody does their part and everybody has uh, a specialty that they bring to the, to, the, to the organization that it's amazing how much you can accomplish. Uh, we take great pride in the, in the past eight years we have had external auditors of our finances, uh, everything that we do. And in those eight years, our worst year was 96 cents of every dollar went back in programs. Wow. Well, that's great. That's real great. Now, how did, how did, how did these uh, veterans find you, rather these, these military find you? I mean, are, uh, do you advertise somewhere, or is it um, through volunteers or, or just a community? How does, how does that happen? Well, we found great, uh, with the military, it's word of mouth. Um, I can hand one of our guys my brochure or a brochure, and, and it's a long past item. But when they know and they hear from the the guy, the, their battle buddy, that, hey, mm-hmm. call Heroes Care when you're having a problem, they know it. Uh, we networked in with their FRGs, their family readiness groups, uh, the ombudsman with the Navy, first shirts. We networked in with the internal support networks of each one of the branches of the service. And with that, we were able to supply them what their families needed. 
And with that, they found that when there was something that they, they didn't understand or they couldn't control or they, or they didn't have the resources themselves to fix, that they first came to Heroes Care. And that we would find the resources. We would network out uh, the other charity par- partners that we work with, whether it's mental health, whether it's a job, whether it's uh, child care, whether it's any of these things. They relied upon us to be that network resource. And just by reputation alone, we were able to um, bring that that whole entire military component in our area to us whenever they needed pro- whenever they needed problem solved. So it was doing what you said you did. Uh, mm-hmm. If we said we did something, we made sure that it happened. Uh, right. We never promised what <laughs> one thing, and never were, were able to deliver on it. All right. That's great. That's great. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel. Back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, John Jerome, President and CEO of Heroes Care. Now, Bill, I know you had a question. Well, a, a, a comment to begin with, Gary. Okay. And John, as you know, uh, with uh, our guardsmen and reserve uh, 
the members uh, as they serve uh, in those units. Uh, before deployment, many of them are living what we would call productive lives, such as managing their, their family operations, sending their kids to school, and uh, what have you. And then these deployments come up, sometimes in multiple deployments, deployments back-to-back, and it, which really begins to create a stress for the, for the family. So just how is it that Heroes Care manages to get out in front of those problems with its programs? Great question. Um, I, I think I'll lead off with a, a story that, that was the turning point. Um, I had gotten a phone call. Uh, it was a Thursday night, around 9.30 at night. Uh, an elderly gentleman calls me and he says, you know, I met you five years ago, four or five years ago, and you gave me your business card and said if my, my son was deployed and needed any help to call you. Well, I was just over at my daughter-in-law's house. And she's heating the house with space heaters. This is November in St. Louis. And called her the first thing Friday, had one of our uh, great partners here in St. Louis go out, looked at the furnace, and said it was gone. It needed to be fully replaced. So in partnership, Wednesday, following Wednesday, they put furnace in, great, and I'm uh, I'm talking to the wife, everything good, great, because you have to understand at that time, we were dealing with around 20, 25 emergencies every month. So if you look at a calendar, that's almost one every day. Mm -hmm. So it was always an emergency, an emergency, an emergency. And I checked with her. She said the furnace was great, everything was fine, and I'm on to the next emergency. Well, I was driving into work on a Friday, that same Friday, and I'm never late. Was Got into my parking spot late. It was 15 minutes late because I'm still working full-time and doing this as a volunteer. And I get into my parking space, 15 minutes late, phone rings, and I look at my phone and it says 777-777-7777. And I thought, i got to find out. i got to answer this call because i got to find out how that telemarketer got that phone number. <laughs> and I answer the phone, and all I hear is yelling back, I can't thank you enough. You don't know what this means to me. And I'm like, who are you? And he says, I'm Sergeant Jeff. I'm calling from Iraq. And we spent the next 30 minutes, and he was explaining to me the stress, the how he was trying to figure out how to explain to fix the furnace to his wife, how to get out of and, and take leave and convince his command to let him go back home to fix the furnace, and how much this was distracting from what he was doing in the field. It was that moment that said, we've got to get in front of these problems. We have to do something different. And that's where Heroes Care was born. So over the course of the next two years, we partnered with three other charities, and we began developing a program that actually allowed us to one-on-one support a deployed spouse. So now what we're capable of doing, starting in 2009, is we have trained volunteers that go through 58 hours of training and are background screened. And when the service member deploys... We attach a female to, a, to the wife, and they check in on her every week during the deployment. We now hear about problems that are small that we can fix, rather than the ultimate emergency calls that we were getting previously. Did that kind of give you a genesis on that? 
Yeah, definitely. So, well, you know, uh, John, what comes to mind in addition to this, and maybe you've had this experience with that getting into the case management, uh, n- many of our guardsmen and reserves, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like a family affair, family business. You've got the, uh, the, 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 both spouses involved. Uh, you know, they might be first responders, say, as a police officer, fire person, and when both of them are leaving and deployed at the same time, have you had any of those kinds of situations where there were problems and then you had to move in with the case management to uh, sort of look out for the kids that's left behind? Yeah, and, it, and it's that part of the, the military that they don't, um, the, the military component doesn't have the the, the guidance to uh, talk with moms, girlfriends, boyfriends. What if the children are, are left with grandma? How is it that that support mechanism gets down to them? A lot of times those kind of really important support people are are just by bureaucracy, not by choice or, 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 or deliberately. It's the, the, the way that the rules are, certain, certain people keep getting left out, and that's where we pick up that 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 latitude. We were able to get involved in those situations. As a nonprofit, we can move to fill those gaps. We don't have the bureaucracy that says, here's the rules. We can always go here. We're going to include this group and this group and this group. What we teach our folks is that as a, a active duty component, when you're active duty, you're doing your military job 40 hours a week. That's what you do on base. It's training, it's things like that. So that's your job. You come back from work, you deploy. In a National Guard reservist situation, on a daily basis, they go to work, they come back home. When they come home, they take the kids to soccer practice, they take the girls to dance. They're part of an integral part of, of, of that, that family network, and they were never intended to leave for a year. They were designed to be if there's a flood, if there's, you know, it's, you know our situation in, in, in St. Louis, but those are the call-ups. Well, now the spouse is dealing with a year deployment, and then what do they do? What's it like that first three months that she's taking on all those responsibilities? Then it settles down. Then, oh, he's coming home. What does reintegration mean? And how is a service member coming back different? In an active component, those support mechanisms are all on base. You live on base. In a garden reserve, they live in all of the rural communities all around the state. And it's impossible for a guard or reserve component or the military to put resources out in all those communities. And that's where we filled that gap. So, John, staying with that, that theme, explain to our listening audience how the one-on-one care uh, for heroes care work. Uh, that, that's, that's got to be something that's very important that you do. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the, the one-on-one not only... Um, uh, the, the easiest way that we, we try to explain it is a civilian battle buddy. When a spouse doesn't know or 
hasn't heard from the service member and doesn't know what to do, they can talk to our person. We can get in touch with command. Command then calls overseas and says, call your wife. Your mom's worried about you. But it's an unofficial traveling. When uh, We just had one in, in Ohio. Uh, the National Guardsman was in, in Afghanistan for three weeks, and the roof started leaking. Uh, they had the spouse, in just the normal conversations of checking in with her every week, mentioned that the roof was leaking and she didn't really know what to do and she didn't want to bother her husband overseas because he was mission-focused. Well, our outpost calls us. We say, find a roofer you trust in your town, send them over, get an estimate, we'll write the check. Simple. Well, the roofer goes out, looks at it, says it's not the roof, it's the siding. Looked at the spouse and said, I want to say thank you for you and your husband's sacrifices. What color would you like it? We're putting it on free. Now, the Can't beat service that. Member, I'm sorry? Can't beat that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the, the idea behind this is now, how does the spouse feel? She has a trusted support network. If she mentions a problem, there's a solution. Her stress level is down. Service member deployed, stress level down. Hey, well, I got this taken care of, and it was free. When he comes back, our volunteer stays with the wife for two years after his return because they're guiding her through the reintegration. Why is he driving differently? Why is he paying attention to all of the things on the road? Well, these are things that they normally deal with in a combat scenario. Uh, the change in the color of dirt driving down the road is a possible IED. Um, why doesn't he cuddle like he used to? Well, he's been gone for a year. He hasn't cuddled with anybody. It's a new experience. It's what's different over just normally being gone for a year. It has nothing to do with PTSD, TBI, any of those things. It's just we've been separated for a year. You've grown. I've grown. We've encountered new things, and how do we cope with that? Since we started doing these attachments in 2009, we now know of 36 suicides that through this program did not happen. The service member cried out for help and said, I'm going to commit suicide. And because we have network partners that are mental health professionals, we already had a link to them in the community. We had them, in one instance, we had them talking to a mental health professional in 18 minutes. 28 minutes is our worst so far because we already have the network established of who we call in these, in these emergencies. We've had over 450 families take free marriage counseling. How many families has that stopped by being proactive, being in front of it, and being a trusted person, a trusted source of information that when they have a question, we can provide them the right charity to work with, the right organization that does it. We don't do it. We don't provide mental health, but we know the people who do, and those are the people we bring into these situations because the service member and the spouse trust us because we've been there living the deployment with them. Well, John, you know, that is so important because as I listen to you, I think about those returning individuals 
who've been uh, on the battlefield in combat, and their whole demeanor has changed. I mean, they're coming back with a lot of frustration, anxiety, and depression, all of these things that can lead and make them uh, uh, candidates uh, for suicide. Uh, and, 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 you know, and this, this further impacts on fracturing uh, the the family unit setup, which uh, can bring about separation and divorces, and this program with Heroes Care seems like it, it you know it, it reaches out in all these areas to uh, as much as possible to suppress these kinds of ne- negative things happening in the in the family setup, and giving them the resources to cope with. You know, right. each, each individual is separate, and we have to find where those resources are and what organization and what group actually handles that type of a situation. Mm-hmm. I think what we need to ask is, what don't you do? <laughs> well, it isn't a matter of doing it. It's a matter of knowing the people who do it. That's um, right. Well, one of, one of the things that... Go sir. ahead. No, no go ahead. I'll... I'll well, one, one of the things that we looked at as <laughs> as the deployment of our Guard and Reserve started slowing down in like uh, 12 and 13 uh, and 14 is what did our Guard and Reserve do? Um, mm. In a, a reality setting, uh, when the Guardsmen deployed the first time, they notified their boss and said, I'm leaving for a year. So he leaves as, let's call him the manager of McDonald's, and I'm not picking on McDonald's, just manager of a store. He's a manager of a, just a store, and he notifies his boss, I'm leaving. He then goes for a year, comes back, reintegrates back into his family and life, and then back into work, which has changed from a year ago because technology has changed. The new employees, things of that nature. So the first time he came back, he reintegrated and worked through all of these new changes. Nine months back, he gets his orders to deploy again in another three or four months because they were deploying him every other year. Well, now he tells his boss he's leaving again. The district manager position was open for promotion. Would he be getting that job? By law, they can't say no, but reality said I can't promote you to district manager. You're going to be gone next year. So they passed it off to the next person. So what was ending up happening is our guard and reserve, after the second or third deployment, said, well, I'll take unemployment instead of going through that because I have no future. I don't have promotability. So I'm going to take unemployment during this nine months to a year and be with my family. I'm going to spend that quality time because I know I'm leaving in a year. Well, as the deployment stopped, and us using the Guard and Reserve on such a heavy basis, we now looked at what does their job resume look like to a civilian? Combat, unemployment, combat, unemployment, combat, unemployment. Now, both of you are retired military, correct? I am. Not re- yeah, I'm not, not retired. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you this. Did you own a business suit? No, I didn't. So we partner with Men's Warehouse, and Men's Warehouse mm-hmm. sends us a tractor trailer full of suits every three months. All right. So when my guys go back to getting a job, we, go, we send them through the charities that do the upgrading of the resume, converting military speak to English, so that an employer sees what they did while they were deployed. 
they weren't just combat, they were convoy specialists. They were managing, you know, millions of dollars worth of equipment, converting that to English, and then putting them in a suit to say, look, let's get, just like any person coming out of college, I get my first suit, go to a job interview. Well, Men's Warehouse makes that possible. And that's where all of these donors that we have make great things possible by getting in front of the problems and saying, look, go to the job interview in a suit, which realistically, when you watch these guys, as soon as they put their suit on, they're in their dress blues. They get that same dress blue attitude. I can get this job for the right reasons. I'm going to pick the job I want. I'm in my dress blues. So that attitude comes out, the, the show of what they really do and how they are quality specialists and can be, you know, can be trusted with a million dollars worth of equipment. And they can manage hundreds of people at one time. But these are qualities that we need to bring out. And, and, and to somebody who doesn't have a suit, how do we go into this job interview? Well, now we provide that to them. It's a step up. It's not a handout, it's a hand up. And then we teach them through the other charity network partners how to go through getting back into a civilian job. If they get the job, they need five more suits to stay at that job with suits, here you go. Don't say that's a drawback. And that's what our donors make possible. Is again, how do we get in front of problems rather than waiting for the disaster to happen later? Well, John, you know, I, I think in addition to that, then... Uh, it really sets up what you just mentioned is having that capability to refer these returning service uh, uh, persons uh, to be able to convert their military experience to what the civilian requirement is. You know, not 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 changing around, but being able to put it in that speak and a document that's understanding what they did and how it relates to what they can do and what they've learned now to serve in the, in the civilian sector. Resumes. And, again, it's not something that, that Heroes Care specializes in, but there are charities and there's organizations, ESGR, there are tons of organizations that even do it for civilians. Uh, one of the ones we have here is uh, Dress for Success, or Connections to Success. They have been, and, and their whole history has been female-oriented, taking women and walking them through the same process. How do we update your resume? How do we teach you interview skills? How do we dress you for an interview? And then what do you do when you get the job and you need to budget your finances? They walk them through all those steps. In partnership with them, I now am able to use the suits as the driving force to get them to come in, talk to them, introduce the organization, and introduce their wives to the organization. By using the, the, the use of the suit, we now have engaged them and had them experience a charity that does this on a daily basis. That sounds great. Now, we're purposely skipping the last two breaks because we're coming to a section in this interview that uh, is very important. In fact, for the last, we've been doing these shows for six years, and our main purpose was to f somehow find a way or an agreement with organizations out there where you can all work together. And it's it's a, in a network or with your community. And, and I believe that John, our guest, 
came up with a, a solution to this. It's called the InReach Network, and it, it works. And uh, listen, listen to this uh, last half hour of the show, and I'll, you'll get a better understanding. In fact, we're going to uh, have a second show in about two weeks uh, to um, cover more of this. But this is a program where we can get everyone working together. If we can do that, we accomplished I don't think we, we, we accomplished everything. Correct, John? Correct. Um, right. And as you heard throughout everything that I've explained, it's networking. It's mm-hmm. who, how do we find all of these great charities, whether they're a national presence. Um, we're an organization with 617 outposts, 23 states with over 3,100 trained volunteers that are one-on-one with spouses during deployment. What other resources are there that we can use in those 23 states? No one person or case manager can manage all of this data. Um, Of the 44,000 military charities that started after 9-11, probably only half of them still exist. We don't know which ones do and which ones don't, and it's very difficult to keep an eye on that. Um, I just found out yesterday one of the charities that we refer to now changed their qualifications from uh, post-9-11 to post-9-11 just separated four months ago. So the, the prerequisites here constantly change with the influx of, of a charity. What we did was we took the system that we designed in 08 and we partnered with Darty Solutions here in St. Louis. They are a very large IT company here in St. Louis, very reputable. They know their stuff. I mean, when these guys put together a program, it is a program. And we walked through what we wanted to have as a charity for charity use. There is no software. I mean, when, we, when I first started, it was, you know, we used some other program and changed it according to what we needed. It was never designed specifically for a charity use for use by people who come and go. I don't have time to have my volunteer train, you know, two whole days, 16 hours, on how to use just my computer. We made it where within five minutes you can understand how to use the software. But the great part about it is each one of our network partners, or not even partners, organizations that want to participate can put in basically a business card for $250 a year and say who they are what their qualifiers are, who they work with, who is it that they're looking for for their charity. That information is shared with everybody that's in the network. The platform is designed for us to all now be able to communicate with each other. How about if I I stop talking, and and I know you guys got a great question out there for what you saw, because we went through the presentation with you. Well, I'll tell you that presentation was something else, and and again, it's uh, to work. Uh, like you said, it's it's simple, and very simple to understand it, um, and and be like you said, uh, uh, just a participant. One one that handles the referrals would give the referrals to you, correct? Correct. Okay. So, so. In, in a in a in a, I think in a in a very simple nutshell, what we're able to do in the software is to take someone looking for help and have them apply, 
We standardize the application across all of the platforms. Every, every charity has all the same questions we all ask. Who are you? What are you looking for? How much, you know, what is it you need? And how can we help? Very basic questions. In that, when the service member says, I need something that Heroes Care doesn't provide, we have the ability to search the directory of all of the people's, all of the charities that are on the platform, search their directory in a computer like Google search. And it tells us the top 10 charities that do that specific item and do it in that specific state, zip code, um, with their uh, demographics. Uh, all of the pre-qualifiers of the answer to the question are filters. Instead of that service member or that, that individual having to, us giving the phone number and them having to tell the story over again to the next charity, we're able to do what we call engage. When we engage that charity, the electronic information that that, that individual provided us electronically transfers over to that charity. We are now then working the same file. So when the other charity types a note and says, I will help him, hits enter, I over here know that the guy's got help doing that. In doing so, we're now going to be able to coordinate services rather than to stovepipe services and not know what each other is doing. So if I have a homeless vet, we can engage the folks with the SSVF money, the, the federal fundings for homeless vets. We can engage that charity at the same time, engage another charity to get him furniture, another charity to get him pots and pans, another charity to upgrade his resume and to get him a job. Well, we don't need the pots and pans and furniture until the other charity has moved him in. So when the other charity puts when the move-in date is, the other charities now start working, coordinating when they're going to deliver the furniture and the pots and pans and all of the other items that are needed. We can now coordinate services rather than stovepiping and, and working independent of each other, and we are able to follow up and to maintain uh, communication with that individual to make sure that they succeed. I think that's your ticket right there. Um, you know, and letting them, letting everyone know, you know, what 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 this guy can uh, get as far as resources or or woman, uh, as far as resources. So resources are very important, and uh, you know, you're not going to give him one resource and then him come back and say, well, how come you didn't tell me about this other one? Uh, because you're solving everything. But all we have to do is is isolate what the problem is. Give it a name, and the computer will search everybody's profile to find out which charity does it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the same uh, uh, charity that's in his backyard, Correct. does it? Correct. Okay. You know, as, so. as in our case, um, the, 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 the locals here, you know, the, the VA and all of the organizations here in Missouri know what we do. Our outposts and those organizations in Ohio, they may not know that in Ohio, North Carolina, we provide the same services because the network isn't as strong and as as pushed out as we would like. Because, again, we're a, a volunteer organization just like most charities. How do we get our information into the hands of those who need us in Ohio rather than spending you know, $100,000 on advertising and doing, you know, TV spots, 
we take that $100,000 and we invest it in our folks that need it. But we still want to be able to help those folks in Ohio. So as is every charity, we have to make decisions. What we're able to do in the software is to take a $250 investment and bring to us the people that need our help in a very efficient way. Well, John, you know, the the thing that, that really excites me about this is that this program expands the coverage for assistance for those who need it uh, through a very cost, a very good cost-effective process. And, and it's as simple as uh, <clears throat> if you have a food pantry, uh, a lot of food pantries only work with two or three zip codes. They don't advertise that they're there, but when my soldier needs a food, if that family needs food right away, I now know where that food pantry is. Now, I can use that food pantry. The food pantry then helps that service member, which is what their mission is, is to help their local community. In turn, what we're giving to charities that they don't have currently is the uh, capability of pulling, what did I do? When a donor asks us, you know, what did you do with the $100,000 that I gave, I gave you? We're able to simply pull the data and in seconds, it tells us where we spent the money. How much help did we provide? Where did those goods and services come from? What we're able to do in the software is to provide that capability to all of the charities. Each charity has their own, uh, I call it a filing cabinet. It's independent of every other person using the software. So they can pull reports on, in an instant, who they helped and report back to their foundations, to individual donors, uh, respond back to grants that they'd already uh, accepted, and we have to report back what we do with the money. In the system, it allows them to do that very simply just by putting in date rates. It also gives the capability of saying, when we're all referring all of the, this one person to six different charities to help this homeless vet, the system says, this is what you did for that veteran, and this is what the other six charities did for the veteran. It, it allows us to use the word partner without formally making partnership agreements, which are so difficult even between businesses, let alone charities. That's well, phenomenal. You, you know, the other thing, uh, John, uh, what strikes me here is it's, this program is so results-oriented, and uh, I'm just thinking that when you show accomplishments, this has to be a, a very positive factor in being able to increase e- donations coming into Heroes Care to even to do more things. Would that be a fair assumption? And, and, and yes, that is, that is exactly what we do with our software. And what we want to do is to give that same capability to every charity nationwide. What, I, what the goal is here is of the 44,000 military charities that were in existence after 9-11, Half of them still exist, and, 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 and they're doing their things. But now we're down to 22,000. 
Well, I still have the need for my military, and the military still has these problems. We want to engage the civilian charities. Give the civilian charities what they need to do their business efficiently, which is what we've been doing. They now can increase their efficiency, increase the or, or decrease that admin cost, and network in support of the military. The goal here is that when, in my view, when my military, when my soldier comes to me for help, he will never be told no. He will never have to tell his story six or seven times to six or seven charities to find out whether or not he's qualified. And that's what happens. In, a, in the software, if I refer it to somebody and they don't have the funding, they just say, sorry, we don't have the funding. Type a note, hit save, and disengage. My soldier is never told no. I just go to the second person on the list and ask him if they can help. And we can ask 20 different charities to help in a problem, but my soldier never has to tell the same story over and over and over again. It's all right there in the file. That capability we want to give to civilians so that when a civilian needs help, they have that same, they'll never be told no. They'll always be told, here's the answer. We've searched nine different charities for you, and we've got the one that is the one that you need. But all they know is that that one charity is going to come to their aid. Well, John, you know, the other thing that it appears to me, and I don't know if we've said it in these words uh, in the uh, the broadcast so far, but uh, Heroes Care is saving families. And most importantly in that family unit is the children uh, because there are residual negative impacts upon them when the parent or parents are deployed in the kinds of issues that can come up which impacts them. Take... uh, uh, a kid that uh, has a learning disability or, or some type of uh, uh, illness that uh, needs attention, the, fa- the, the parents are away, and when they come back and there's problems, I think the way that Heroes Care works, it saves that family and hopefully keeps the children right on a positive plane for success. And, and that's the idea behind the getting in front of to being there during the deployment with the, with the spouse, um, stabilizing her environment, being there for the service member when he comes back, and helping cope with those reintegration issues. In the software, we're able then to network out with the civilian charities that do those special needs children, that have daycare, that have these different specialties and these in these qualities that they've derived and and honed over years there is no reason in my opinion for us to have a military special needs charity be created when there's a civilian charity that's already honed those skills over the years all we need to know is how do i reach you how do i send you my information about my soldier that needs your help you call them and then set up what you do. The software right. does not interfere with anybody's, any charity's way that they do business. All it does is allow us 
to engage them to help our military. That's true. That's very true. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. And, and again, what would I like you to do, John, is let our listeners know how they can contact you or how they can they uh, get to your, your website. And uh, we definitely want you back in, in two weeks uh, to tell us more about the uh, program. We'll cover a little bit more than we did uh, today. So you have anything you want to share besides uh, we, have, we have about a minute. Okay, so if you have um, something, give me your, your address or your contact information, and we'll uh, go ahead and you can go ahead and, and let us know um, anything you'd like us to remember in closing, okay? In closing, just uh, if anyone's interested in supporting the military through the network or just supporting the military and wants to be part of our network in any way, our website is, of course, www.heroescare, H-E-R-O-E-S. Care, C-A-R-E, dot org. And you can reach me at president at heroescare.org is my email address. And the office number here is 636-600-0096. And we look forward to getting anyone and everyone in the network because there is a need and everyone has a specialty. And we just need to put your specialty into that, that network. So when there's that one call that we need, you're the person we know how to reach. Definitely. And again, this is a very worthwhile uh, venture to to uh, learn more about. And Bill? John, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your service to the veteran community. It is definitely making a difference, and it will continue to make a difference. And we look forward to having you back very soon. Well, thank yes. you for the opportunity to tell our story, and, and thank you so very much for this for this time that you spent with us. No problem. Thanks, John. To all our listeners, we want to thank all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest, John Jerome. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of